Masami-san, uh, it's a pleasure to see you and on behalf of the Center for Strategic Philanthropy at the University of Cambridge, uh, thank you for agreeing to speak with me today about your entrepreneurial uh, and philanthropic journey uh, and some of uh, the new ways to understand the importance and power uh, of the, the business of uh, philanthropy. Uh, Masami, a daughter of Japan, uh, an advocate of diversity in business and a truly multi-talented person being a teacher, a translator, a chef and a farmer, an author, uh, and an award-winning serial entrepreneur uh, for, uh, for a number of decades. Um, her first business was a fast food takeaway venue in New Zealand, which she transformed into a wholesale frozen meal uh, producer in Australia uh, with a distribution network uh, across 150 stores uh, and with a clear goal to make a positive difference by helping to feed and educate disadvantaged children. She's passionate about transforming the way business is, uh, businesses generate impact. A successful example of which is how she introduced a new perspective to the power of giving when she founded B1G1 or buy one, give one uh, in Singapore uh, and in the US in uh, 2007, uh, I believe. Masami is a TEDx speaker and the author of four books, including Joy, uh, The Gift of Acceptance, Trust and Love, uh, giving business uh, and uh, better business, better life, uh, better world. Above all, uh, Masami is a mother of two uh, wonderful uh, teenagers. Masami-san, uh, you are the founder of uh, and CEO of B1G1, the social enterprise which uh, became a global movement uh, with more than 500 high impact projects. Can you share with us a, a little bit more about this journey uh, and the impact that you've generated by bringing together over 2,300 businesses to work with B1G1? Well, um, <laughs> thank you so, so much for the lovely introduction. And um, you, know, you kind of talked about my background uh, running different businesses before you know, uh, B1G1 as well. So actually, um, B1G1 started because in 2007, we imagined a world um, that's full of giving. So um, just as a way of introduction, uh, you know, I'd love you to imagine with me as well. So imagine if every time you had a cup of coffee or tea, a child received access to life-saving water. Or imagine if every time you purchased a book so that you can learn and grow, then uh, imagine if another, you know, somebody else received access to education. Or imagine if every time uh, you went to see a doctor, a child receives access to healthcare. So this is the you know, world of B1G1 where everything businesses do can make a difference. And that was in 2007. So it's been 14 years. <laughs> and um, so we moved to Singapore with that idea to start this enterprise. And you know, background of all that was because at that time in 2007, I was uh, uh, already an entrepreneur and I was running a food business. And I started my business 20 years ago, first business 20 years ago. And it just happened to be a food business because I was passionate about food. And I wanted to make sure that every person in the the world would have access to healthy food you know, and then share that happily with their loved ones. So that was the kind of my motive behind being an entrepreneur. 
But then uh, what I realized in the uh, initial phase, like running that business for five years and developing it and growing it. And one day I found myself um, running this business, which was a frozen packaged meal company, uh, distributing frozen meals to like uh, health food stores or some of the supermarkets uh, in Australia in multiple states. So we were doing better <laughs> compared to when we began. Um, but then I realized that even at that time, I really wasn't doing anything beyond just running the business. And that was because I always felt that I wasn't ready. You know, we were not successful enough or we had to put the money back into business to grow more. So as I kept going in that way, one moment I paused and I thought, you know, if I, kept telling this story to myself, then maybe in 10 or 20 years later, I would still be doing the same thing, telling myself the same story. So that was when, you know, I just imagined what if like, instead of trying to do something big in the future, we did something small, something that we could do already, and then do it every day. And we incorporated this idea of B1J1 into my own company. But then several months later, I had another moment of realization that maybe the world have many other businesses, you know, the business owners who care. And, uh, and then because of that, I decided to sell my company. <laughs> and then B1J1 was founded in Singapore because we wanted B1J1 to be a global initiative from day one. And we uh, somehow figured out <laughs> that Singapore was strategically a good place to be. So that was kind of the beginning. And since then we've worked with more than like uh, you know, thousands of businesses. And those businesses have already created 250 million giving impacts. So I think like uh, there is a power in small things that we do every day. <laughs> Powerful indeed. Um, so B1G1 has been successful uh, in rallying the business community from several sectors, as you say, to support its cause, uh, including providing access to clean water, meals, uh, medicine, uh, and mentoring for women and children. Are you happy with the state of business engagement with philanthropic causes in general in the parts mm -hmm. of the world that you operate in? And what specific things uh, can both sectors do to enhance this relationship, do you think? Mm -hmm. I think compared to like when we started in 2007, today um, there is much stronger desire and awareness in the business community to contribute toward a great social impact and, you know, incorporating uh, effective giving or CSR. Or, so there is much more awareness today, so which is really fantastic. But I still think that uh, traditional form of philanthropy or giving, charitable giving, um, could be a little bit ad hoc. So it could be like, oh, let's do a big charity gala dinner and raise money for this cause. Or uh, there is a natural disaster. So as a result, you know, we should donate uh, some money to this cause. Or So there is a lot of ad hoc big things that happen in today's world, like a big campaign as well, you know, once a year or so. But the thing is, what could be missing and the opportunity we are missing today is um, how like uh, businesses actually can integrate um, these social activities and effective giving in like day-to-day uh, -day business activities as if it's part of habit because it's not only that in that way 
we could be creating the impact regularly, but that's also good for the uh, nonprofit side to have regular stable income coming in. And at the same time, when we are doing something regularly, it becomes part of our identity. So that like act of giving and making an impact could really uplift, uplift the spirit of businesses. And that can really impact um, the people that they are dealing with on a day-to-day basis, including their you know, team members or even clients and customers and community. So I think that is one thing that you know, perhaps like can, uh, uh, we can have more of in the business giving space. And when we look at the um, nonprofit side, then I believe that also like traditionally, uh, all the nonprofits doing good work, they have the tendency to uh, immediately usually go to the um, thinking that, okay, we need to raise, um, raise donations. And then uh, the messaging could usually be like, donate now, <laughs> give now. And so um, they, what happened is when something happened and they can't continue usual fundraising, then uh, it, it could be very disruptive, such as during the pandemic. Suddenly, so many charity organizations lost a massive part of their regular income because they couldn't do the campaigns and the events and all that kind of things. Um, so I think shifting the focus in the giving side to really think about the opportunity and uh, making people be part of the opportunity together so that um, whether or not you know, people remember uh, you are doing fundraising somewhere, <laughs> you, you can actually do the work continuously long term. So I think that like, uh, we can all learn and to be more coming in the middle, like businesses having more stronger sense of purpose and then nonprofit having a great value proposition and all coming together, almost like becoming a you know, social ventures together. That I think is a, a great way we can move forward. So do you think that on the same subject matter, do you think that that might become a problem? Because as you, as you correctly pointed out, and I observe mm -hmm. this as well in my parts of the world, that social impact continuum is becoming more blended, right? Everybody mm -hmm. is seeing their purpose through a lens of social impact. And not everybody, but, but certainly more and more uh, entities around the world, both in the for-profit uh, as well as the non-profit world. Do you think that might be a, a problem going forward, that there might be perhaps um, almost unhealthy competition between entities <laughs> in both sectors, or maybe the, the overall, um, I guess, the way that, that the non-profit sector almost sees itself might be challenged? Mm, I, I don't think so at all. I think the more we can come together, the better, and the more we can shift our focus, the better and the beneficial for every organization. And the reason why is that when we had a very extreme two-sided approach, one side is you know, corporations and businesses simply trying to maximize the profit. You know, at all costs, <laughs> every quarter, they have to maximize their profit. So they were making decisions that obviously create longer term challenges and consequences, but they didn't have to worry because, you know, as long as you are providing quarterly performance, then you get paid well, and you could jump to another company and get paid more. And so that was how it was. And, and then nonprofit side was really busy fixing problems because there are too many problems that had to be fixed because of this like uh, kind of extreme approach. So when we can all shift um, 
and come more toward the middle, then the benefit is that every organization can still thrive in that sense because actually like, uh, you know, in order for the nonprofit to create a better sustainability, it's better to have the value proposition. And for businesses, it actually makes them more sustainable long-term when they have the um, really the same, deeper sense of purpose, mission and belief. And, you know, they, they are taking care of people in the organization better. So these organizations will still thrive. It's just that what we are doing is filling in a different part of the ecosystem, you know, because businesses are here to solve problems as well for the customers and community. So they are already creating good in the world and nonprofits are filling the gap to solve certain problems. There is not necessarily always a direct revenue model. Like, so um, I, I think we, these organizations will all still exist in a harmonious way, in a symbiotic way to achieve the things. But because we are more coming in an aligned manner, I think we would actually waste less effort and resources to achieve the same outcome or even better outcome. I hope so. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you are a serial entrepreneur and, and of course an advocate for the role of SMEs in achieving the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals. And you've set a goal, I understand, for B1G1 to reach 1 million businesses by the mm -hmm. end of 2030. To what extent do you apply the traditional entrepreneurial or business principles to the practice of philanthropy, whether that's through uh, B1G1 or other things that you've been uh, involved in? And has mm -hmm. your approach to this or philosophy behind this changed over time? And if so, how? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um yeah, good question. Um, I've never been asked that question before. <laughs> so I actually probably mostly use business approach in everything we do. Like we, we, we tend to use business focused um, approach, you know, even though our ultimate work is creating social impact. So we could say we are doing good, so please donate money to us or something. <laughs> but we've never done it. We've been always focused on value creation because we believe that no matter what we are doing ourselves, our work itself should have the sustainable funding model, which doesn't, no, doesn't depend on donations. But at the same time, when businesses are choosing to support the causes that we bring on board as partners, then we want to make sure 100% of their giving, every dollar and cent will actually go to the project. So in order for us to make that work, um, what we have to do is we would have our own value proposition that is useful and meaningful and rewarding for the businesses that we work with. So that's why like we have a kind of uh, quite cool platform, which actually shows the impact accounts uh, of each business. They can embed a widget on their website or they can generate a you know, certificate of gratitude that they want to send. Or you know, we package certain giving in a way that businesses can very easily do carbon offset. Or, so we continuously think in terms of creating value, making it either simple, easy or effective or meaningful uh, and rewarding for businesses to continue to give and to see the impact that they are creating. So, um, so, so to me, like, because I came from an entrepreneur background and actually I grew up in a family business in Japan. My grandparents had a family business in Tokyo. 
So I, I was always helping them run their business. So to me, like thinking like business is a very natural thing. <laughs> I always want to think about like creative ways to make people feel great or, you know, save their time or effort or um, so. But at the same time, I also really like saw that when I was backpacking in my youth, that there were lots of problems that nobody is interested, you know, really to pay money for to fix. And so we are here to currently bridge this, this gap. Um, but then at the same time, I hope that one day, actually, that we will be in a world where we don't even need charities anymore. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that goes back to, I guess, the previous conversation we had on the, uh, which was around these blurred lines and what will the future mm. hold for this social impact continuum? Where will all the, the, the different pieces and the different actors uh, end up? Um, and I think you're absolutely right. It can be very powerful where one can get a multiplier effect on impact if collaboration works. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess my, my only fear is sometimes uh, when you do have overlap in missions, um, then there is also sometimes uh, the potential uh, for unhealthy competition. So uh, one will, I guess, need to see. And I imagine it would be different in different parts of the world as well because of various mm -hmm. cult cultural nuances uh, related to uh, the social sector. Um, looking ahead as, as we embark on this uh, so-called decade of delivery mm -hmm. towards meeting the, the SDGs, do you believe that the, the COVID pandemic will have a lasting impact on how people think about the imperative for this multi-stakeholder collaboration we've just talked about? Mm, yes, definitely, because I think through the pandemic, we all recognized how connected we are. <laughs> right? like, because if we weren't connected, we wouldn't be in this situation for so long <laughs> to start up with. And that like at every level, this shared issue impacted us, no matter where we are. And so we also realized that we cannot move forward just thinking about ourselves and not really taking care of the challenges together. So um, I think it's really um, interesting to see what happens moving forward because not only that we faced the pandemic issue for the last one and a half years, but we also started to see more and more of the impact with the climate change as well. And you know, that's all in front of us and, and it's becoming more and more urgent for us to actually ask the question, and then go like, okay, so if we all have the power to impact, create an impact and influence each other, then how do we want to use that? And what kind of world do we want to create? And what kind of world do we want to leave for our children and grandchildren and so many more generations to come? Then we need to actually come together to do it together. And I, I believe that we actually, today's world, we have the technology, we have the ability, resources, um, and uh, creativity, and all the diverse uniqueness of the gift that we, we individually have to bring to this mix to solve this big global challenge. And so as long as we are aligned, we can actually make a real difference. But then the question is, can we? Can we come and can we align? So. <laughs> So since you referred to next generation, my mm. final question is, what are some of the key issues and topics that you believe uh, the next generation of uh, philanthropists and also social entrepreneurs uh, should be focusing their efforts on uh, today and, and in the years to come 
uh, both uh, on the Asian continent, but also globally? Mm, I think that because we are in this world of connection, I th- um, effective learning is one of the keys because we actually can collate and access all the information that we have and lots of information is free today. So how quickly can we all learn to apply that knowledge into actions? And also another part of it is uh, because it's so easy to do it alone and you know things alone and it's easier to do things alone too. But the thing is how can we actually create more collaboration? and you bring the power that we have together to achieve the goal much faster. So those two things I think really would matter a lot. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the next generation of leaders bringing in their you know, um, unique gift into this mix. So, uh, you know, because all the people like us, <laughs> you know, we may not be able to solve it by ourselves. We need the young people to come into this space. Very well said. Thank you, uh, Masami-san, for your time today uh, and for this uh, inspiring conversation. Thank you so much.